What the F and What, episode number 12, Miggy, Mimosas, Feline Mayors, Messed Up Highway Signs, and a Woman Got Stuck in a Toilet. Welcome to What the F and What. I'm Dave Worthams. And I'm Angela Clock. What an historic fortnight since our last episode. I mean, I had a few conversations with people who lived in Indiana and Ohio. Uh, you got a chance to meet my boss, Mike Johnston, because a Tiger game got rained out. And I got a chance to get Miguel Cabrera's 3,000th hit on video so I could airdrop it to you so that then you could post it on Facebook and Instagram. Right, because I'm so busy taking pictures of the hit since I have issues with wasting space on my phone in the case that he didn't get the hit at that point in the game. Which was in the first inning, so that's not really a good reason. And I think it's more about you just not switching to video mode and being too busy telling him how to do his business if he, if you have missed the video you need to watch it we'll make sure to put it back on the social media site for sure but you know you make some valid points for sure because i am an excellent baseball coach and i'm an excellent basketball coach uh, i'm an excellent football coach as well not so much with hockey uh, i more critique the officials at hockey games uh, so i'm a good replay official i suppose but, you know, everywhere else, I'm, I'm, I'm just a great coach. And they know it, and they can hear me from the stands. Right. I wonder how Michigan State's football people feel about that. I don't know. We'll call Bedeen later and ask him. <laughs> anyway, uh, I had a fairly busy week outside of the sporting arena as well. You know how Wednesdays can be when the legislature's in session, right? Especially this week when people are getting kicked out of their partisan caucuses and there's that whole budget thing being reported by the Appropriations Committee. Right, right. Don't you miss being downtown in the middle of all the legislative fun? Mm, not so much. Plus all the fundraisers you get to miss? Oh, definitely not missing those morning ones. Well, let me tell you about Wednesday's first fundraiser that I had to go to. Uh, it was for State Representative Pauline Wenzel, who's from Southwest Michigan. Uh, she raised the bar, and, and if any of her colleagues are listening, which might explain why we have so many people listening out of Troy, uh, I recommend you follow her lead. See, her, her event was uh, Wednesday, 8 a.m., with breakfast pizza and mimosas. Wait, what? Pizza and mimosas? It's truly heavenly, I'm telling you. How many did you have? Enough to have a good start to the day. Well, and it sounds like you needed it. So was it enough to decide a, to buy a billboard about Speaker Wentworth and some guy named Tom Lilly? Dude, his name is Jim Lilly, not Tom. Uh, and I most certainly would not have picked that particular picture of him. <laughs> but now you understand why people are needing to start drinking at 8 a.m. just to handle the crazy that has become the capital city in an election year. 
for those who missed it, somebody decided to buy one of those electric billboard truck ads and put a picture of Speaker Wentworth as a demon and then had other pictures of reps, including one of rep Jim Lilly, but they called him Tom Lilly because clearly people know what they're talking about. And I just want to say the picture of Speaker Wentworth, the way that they manipulated it, it kind of looked like he could be in Game of Thrones. Kind of. He was looking kind of buff. I mean, it's like he was working out because like the neck was big and you could see like the shoulders were kind of muscular. It was, I think it was the red eyes and the fact that they had him in kind of purple. Are they trying to say that purple shirt people are devils? I don't know, but I feel like you need more purple shirts. That and some mimosas. Well, that's fair. So I think that you should definitely put some of the pictures of this ad up on the social media page uh, so people know what we're talking about because it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll, we'll put all that courtesy of our friends from uh, Mears. Um, yes. And uh, yeah. So. So at this point, we should probably tell some stories before you decide you need more mimosas for this recording. Good idea. Let's start things off by talking about a cat. So we know a few people who love cats. Let's send this out to them. Sounds good to me, since it'll give us a chance to shout out our friends' names in the podcast universe. So for Anna, Nikki, Nikki, Fossey, Karen, Anita, and all the rest, enjoy this story. Dateline, April 23rd, 2022. And the headline, Meet Jinxed, the cat who on Sunday will be the new mayor of hell, the one in Michigan. This one is courtesy of our friends at USA Today. Jinx, a black cat with a massive social media following on TikTok, served as mayor of hell, Michigan for one day on Sunday the 23rd. Hell, as many of you know, is about 60 miles west of Detroit and is a place where people can request to serve as mayor of the town before being impeached at the end of the day. The whole thing cost $100. According to the story, Reverend Vaughn, the official minister of Hell, Michigan, um, uh, Jinx, uh, according to the Reverend, is going to be the first pet mayor of Hell. She added that Jinx's tenure inspired other pet owners to get their animals involved in politics. I've gotten a lot of mayor inquiries, and somebody actually sent an inquiry saying, that won't do, my dog is jealous. So now they want their dog to be mayor in about a month or so. Jinx is not the only animal to serve as mayor in the United States. A dog named Parker was voted honorary mayor of Georgetown, Colorado, according to KKTV a few years back. So we did some more research about Mayor Jinx and found this on Newsweek. It's an article written by Mia Ibenez, who rescued Jinx. Jinx the cat came into my life more than three years ago on October 13th, 2018. It's a really weird story because I wasn't supposed to be home that day at the time. It was a few days before my 16th birthday, and I went to a friend's football game, but I wasn't having any fun, so my mom came and picked me up. We came home, and as soon as I got inside, I heard a really loud meowing. There's a big field behind our house, so we went down to the backyard and shone a flashlight into the field. It was really dark out, raining and freezing cold, and snakes are often in the field too, but a little out of the way 
into the field, we suddenly saw a tiny little black smudge. It was Jinx. She was three or four weeks old and she had been abandoned. I assumed she was wild because there are a lot of stray cats in our neighborhood. We named her Jinx because there were all these weird events that led up to us finding her. It was strange for me to be home at the time. It was mid-October near Halloween. It was two days before my birthday and she's a black cat. We took her to the vet, but they said she's just special and has some birth defects. Jinx has an underbite because her jaw is very small and she has big eyes and very big feet, but she's completely healthy. She's not as advanced as other cats, but not to the point that it's noticeable. She's just a little quirky and she's such a sweetheart. I think she gets separation anxiety with me. Anywhere I am, she'll be there too. When I was in school, I'd be gone all day. And when I'd come back, she'd go crazy because she was so excited. She's a little clumsy as well. She's not very coordinated. I'll play with her with a stick and she'll just fall onto her side. Jinx is a very curious and strange cat. She's very specific in what she plays with and what she likes. I can't pick her up all the time or put clothes on her really. And I very much try to respect her boundaries. When I first found her, I was taking a lot of pictures of her. So a friend suggested I make an Instagram account for her. A cool diary of when I found this kitten to when she's an adult cat. TikTok came later. I got my own account and I noticed every time I posted about Jinx, it would do exceptionally well. Then when I posted about me, I'd get maybe 100 views. <laughs> it was funny. So eventually it became Jinx's account. People really like her. On Instagram, she has about 417,000 followers. On TikTok, she has 743,000 followers. And on Twitter, she has 258,000 followers. It's insane. She continues, it cost $100 for Jinx to be mayor for one day, which I decided would be worth it. We agreed on a date, and then we got a set of devil horns to wear, a t-shirt, a coffee mug, a badge, a wallet card, ownership of one square inch of land in hell, a bottle of official hell dirt, a proclamation certificate of being mayor, and one of impeachment, and calls from the town throughout the day. The first call woke me up around 9 a.m. It was people from hell welcoming Jinx and asking for her proclamations as mayor. Jinx just sat there silently, so I was translating for them, telling them what I assumed she'd be saying. Jinx's proclamations included that April 24th become National Jinx Day, that there be one Jinx mural per mile in the town, that a statue is erected in her honor, and that all eggs are banned. We were called from hell three times throughout the day, with mayoral issues to deal with. One issue was that all the catfish in the water had gone missing, and they asked what Jinx was going to do about it. I told them that Jinx said to steal them from the next town over. That decision then led to her impeachment later that day. Times are really scary and intense. There's so much happening, and everyone always seems so stressed out. So I think that having a funny cat become mayor is so heartwarming to see. People love Jinx. I've had so many comments from people saying they're really depressed and that Jinx is the first thing that's made them laugh in a while. As someone who has struggled with my own mental health, it's great to see people positively influenced by my cat. It's so simple, but it affects people. So while I appreciate everything that Mia wrote, the pure Michigan part of me has some problems with a cat from California serving as mayor of a town in Michigan. I mean, the law just doesn't allow for it. But this is a pretty good story, and so for the sake of the cat, I'll keep my issues in check for now. 
That's not very purple shirtish of you. Yeah, but the pictures of the cat are pretty cute. You should probably give Jinx a plug. Sure. You can follow Jinx the cat on Instagram at Bigfoot Jinx and on TikTok at Bigfoot Jinx. Wait a second. I just did a plug for a cat. What the F and what? I recently learned of a city in Michigan that I've never been to before. It's a place called Cooperville. That's funny, because I learned of a place in Michigan that I had never heard of called Grand Radips. Did you learn of these places from our old friend Nick Sherpa from MDOT? I did. And from a story that WZZM Channel 13 out of Grand Rapids, Michigan ran. Well, let's get into it. The headline, New West Michigan Road Signs Spell Grand Radips, Cooperville. Here in good old Grand Radips, we are very serious about our roads. The potholes, the orange barrels, and even the signs we adorn them with. So really, it's no surprise that people very quickly noticed some typos on multiple new signs in Coopersville over the weekend. It all started with an effort by MDOT to replace signs along I-96. The replacement process started in the fall of 2021, but crept into the spring of 2022 due to, due to supply chain issues. MDOT's Southwest Region spokesperson, our dear friend Nick Sherpa, said, The signs were put up sometime in the last couple of weeks. There were three signs total, Sherpa said. Two of the Coopersville signs were missing the S, and of course the lovely Grand Radips sign. Unfortunately for us fun-loving West Michiganders, the rogue signs have already been partially taken care of. The Grand Radips sign has been covered with tape, while the Cooperville signs have been taken down and replaced with the old ones. My boy Nick said new and improved signs will be up within the next week or two. Still begs the question, how does the process of creating and hanging these signs work? Nick explained that first, MDOT creates a shop drawing on paper and delivers that to a fabricator. After that, the project is out of their hands. According to Nick, the project was delivered by a contractor and overseen by a consultant, so there weren't any MDOT eyes on any of this project. But he said even for consultants and contractors, we're human just like everybody else. It's very easy to make a mistake sometimes, especially when you're talking about one sign out of hundreds, so it can be very easy to miss one thing. The good thing here, taxpayers aren't on the hook for fixing the mistake. The contractors and the consultant, those are the folks who will pay to fix these signs. Damn, so I'm not going to be able to get sushi in Grand Radips? Yep, and I'm not going to be able to get chocolate ice cream in Cooperville. Hey, did you know that Coopersville was named after a Benjamin Cooper? He came from Ithaca, New York, and purchased 640 acres in Northeast Ottawa County to harvest timber. Over time, with the help of his two sons, he built a sawmill, offered the Detroit and Milwaukee Railroad right-of-way on his land, and saw the first train passing through the, the town in 1858. It became a village in 1871 with a population of 500, and then became a city in 1966. And I thought I was the one who reveled in trivia. Hey, I'm a librarian, and I know how to research and do stuff like that. Well, here's to our friend Nick and all the folks who proof road signs. 
What the F and what? So I'm a fan of the Today Show. First hour, decent interviews. Al does the weather. Carson does some entertainment news. The second hour gets a little lighter. Maybe brings a concert on the plaza of some kind. And of course, the third and fourth hours are nothing but fun. Not to mention interesting stories that we get to pull from, like this one that you found. And I appreciate it because phones are important. So here's the headline. Woman falls headfirst in toilet trying to retrieve phone. Firefighters help with rescue. This comes from our friends at the Associated Press. A woman who accidentally dropped her cell phone into the hole of an outhouse in a national forest and fell in while trying to retrieve it had to be rescued by firefighters in Washington state. Brennan Fire Department Chief Tim Manley said the woman, who was at the top of Mount Walker in the Olympic National Forest, northwest of Seattle, had been using her phone when it fell into the toilet on the 19th, the Kitsap Sun reported. Manley said she disassembled the toilet seat and used dog leashes to try and get the phone and eventually used the leashes to tie herself off as she reached for it. That effort failed and she fell into the toilet headfirst. The woman was alone and tried to get out for 10 to 15 minutes. Reunited with her phone, she called 911, Manley said. Responding firefighters passed her blocks to stand on to reach a harness, which they then used to pull her out of the vault. The Brennan Fire Department said the woman said she was uninjured. She was washed down and was strongly encouraged to seek medical attention after being exposed to human waste, but she only wanted to leave, the department said. I've been doing this for 40 years, and that was a first, Manley said. So so we went to Washington once. <laughs> right, right. And so the first thing, aside from, okay, gross, that stood out to me in this story was that she was on top of Mount Walker. All the mountains in Seattle are volcanoes. They're not mountains. They're violent things silently waiting to eliminate humanity. And I say this because the when Clock and I went to Seattle for a JCI USA conference, Mount Hood was visible outside of our hotel room. I thought it was fine until I read it is a dormant volcano and I just knew it was going to blow up while we were there. It also didn't help that Mount St. Helens was visible too. <laughs> but the good news is on that trip, we did get to go see the Goonies house. We did. And they didn't even kick us out. Like, no. they, are, like they are now. No. They're, 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 they're keeping people away from there. And we saw the yeah. big three rocks that will direct you to One-Eyed Willie's gold. Yes. Yes. And you, and you got to see a tsunami warning sign at exactly. the beach. I can tell you exactly how to escape a tsunami based on what that sign said, which so should have also this... said you're surrounded by dormant volcanoes who will end your life. Go back home. So the thing with this story is I know a number of women who keep their phones in the back pocket of their jeans and that causes that can cause problems when you decide to go to the bathroom and you have to push your jeans down and sit down because guess what it doesn't stay in the pocket very very long so 
I, I'm pretty sure I can figure out exactly how this woman lost her phone in this, this outhouse hole. It does beg the question, at what point do you just give up on the phone? Yeah, there are a lot of pictures and stuff, but if you know, you should be able to back those up to Google Cloud or to the iCloud or something. So just you know, call the insurance claim in and get a new phone and download from the cloud, right? I mean, you would think so, but a lot of people don't have that backup, so that's a potential issue. And also, if she needed the phone to contact somebody while she was up there, I mean, it, there's all sorts of reasons, but I also find it pretty funny that like she ended up head first in human and, waste. Right. And then they bring her out and they wash her down. So is that with the regular <laughs> hose? I mean, full no, blast. It's the fire hose, probably. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. The fire that those things hurt. <laughs> Yeah, but if it's not on full blast, <laughs> I never thought there was. Wait, a... and how do you wait? How do you know it hurts? Well, that, that's a long story. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> my understanding in Craig Skitty Cat, I know you're a firefighter in that special district. Well, we need an expert. Yes, but you know he's a firefighter in a special district that may disappear in about a year from now because of a law that will then go into effect in Florida. Anyway, Craig, so if you could tell, I always understood that there was two settings for the fire hose. There's on and there's off. There's no in between. <laughs> it's not like you turn it up to three. Oh, someone, we're pulling somebody out of the poop. So let's just turn this to three and wash them down. Um, so, yeah, I have I have questions. I also have questions, but I'm pretty sure I, fig I've, I have figured out how this woman ended up in the hole in the first place. So... What the F and what? So a dozen shows in the box. You want to tell us how we're doing stat wise? Well, considering how we're doing on the uh, uh, doing this on the low, pushing this out every couple of weeks and just dropping it through our social media accounts, I think we're doing pretty good. The podcast has been played 194 times. 98% of those are from the United States, 1% from India, and just under 1% from Mexico. Of the domestic plays, 79% from Michigan, 8% from Florida, and 5% from Virginia. And the specific locations in Michigan include 22% from Troy. I still don't know what's going on there, but whatever. 15% from Kalamazoo, 13% from Redford, 6% from Lansing, 5% from Petoskey, we got 4% from Plainwell and Alto, 3% for DeWitt, Livonia, Grand Rapids, Rockford, and Portage. And that's Grand Rapids, not Grand Radips. And then 2% from Ypsilanti, Ada, Grand Blank, and Dearborn Heights. Um, according to Spotify, 16% of people listening are aged 23 to 34 which means my daughter is not listening to my podcast. Uh, 52 well, yeah. 52% are aged 35 to 44, and 32% are aged 45 to 59. Wait, does that mean that like we brought the age down? Because at one point, we weren't in that 35 to 44 age bracket, correct? We weren't. I think we, we broke that maybe a couple weeks back, so 
Nice. Whatever we did, we'll share with our friends in JCI Michigan so that Carol can put that to work. Like it. For those wondering about the 1% from India, 50% of that group are from the Andhra Pradesh and 50% from Tamil Nadu. Still don't know anyone who lives there. Do you? Um, maybe JCI India members, as well as folks from Jalisco, Mexico, who are on that list. Maybe in a few weeks, we can get some listeners from Ohio. You know, I'll leave that up to you to work on because it's Ohio. And is this late breaking news that we can share? It is late breaking news we can share. We have late breaking news. Go. Um, so today I accepted a new full-time job in Cleveland Heights, Ohio for the Heights Libraries as a youth services librarian. So oh. I will be starting there on June 6th. Huzzah! Huzzah! And you're going to be working where? In Cleveland Heights, Ohio at the Heights Libraries. Um, library. Library. <laughs> Please tell Guess me. Guess what? You, you saw that coming, in right? In addition, no, no, not at all. Yes, I did. Um, in addition, I have one assignment left for my library science degree. Um, library. library. <laughs> and it's due tomorrow at noon. And technically, my graduation for my library science degree. Um, library. Library. <laughs> Yeah, I was specifically doing that for that. Um, anyways, my graduation is supposed to be on May 6th, but I will be on a boat. Oh, I guess I'll need to find the I'm uh, on a boat sound clip. I'm on a boat. The clean mm -hmm. version, because, you know, this is supposed to be PG. I got my flippy floppies. I'm drawing a blank on the next line. I'm so tired. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting that part out. Anyway. What? <laughs> well, <laughs> we had a really uh, good thing going there. We did. We did. I will. I promise, though, I will find uh, I'm on a boat and we'll play it at least for the next episode for sure. Chris, I got my swim trucks and my flipping floppies. I'm flipping burgers. You at Kinko straight flipping cabbies. I'm riding on a dolphin. All right. So while you're on this boat in your flippy floppies and I'm back here in Lansing, making copies because it's budget yeah yeah because ah. i because you refreshed my memory with the playing the the music yeah because you know yeah anyway uh it is budget time so i will have to be making copies um a lot you, of them a lot of them are you like gonna like read books while you're you know doing the whole sun tanning thing on the boat between oh yeah drinking so daiquiris I... or whatever you will drink so apparently rum swizzles are the drink of Bermuda because that's one of my stops. Um, and I'm doing a beach day and I decided only to do the four hours because I feel like eight hours was going to be too much for my poor skin. Um, and we should have talked about that earlier too, about how I had to wear sunscreen at the Tigers game and then Wasn't we didn't even end up being in the sun. <laughs> so that was a waste. Um, anyway, but yeah, I am bringing some books and I mean, I've gotten to the point now where, where I pack, I will bring some physical books, but I really limit it to like three or four of them as, I mean, I'm going to be gone for seven nights. So, 
Um, so yeah, I'm bringing some physical books, but I've also loaded up my Kindle with a ton of stuff. So like if I want to change stuff, but, um, so yeah, I've got, I've got stuff I'm bringing. Anything good? Um, stuff I've heard is good. I mean, clearly I haven't read anything hardly this, uh, semester while I've been in school, but, um, I have my, uh, I, I, I'm going to give a shout out to Charlie Root because um he has been hounding me to read the Jim Butcher um Dresden Files series so I did buy the first book and put it on my Kindle to read while I'm down there um and then I also have um some a Victorian romance that I'm bringing um a uh well since my new job is going to focus on um tweens so middle grade kids or like late elementary um i've got a book called the last quintista which um actually won the uh the um newberry award this year so anybody's familiar with that i have a book club book that i need to read called a man called ove um, by frederick Bachman. i understand a lot of people have read it i just have never haven't read it so um, and then another book called The Cartographers by Peng Shepard, which just recently came out. And it's kind of like a sci-fi, magical realism, like, story. My boss read it because I let her borrow it. And then I was bringing it on vacation, so. Okay. No Bridgerton? Um, no, not as of right now. Um, but also, I think, um, I don't know that I'm going to read those. No Fifty Shades. Oh, hell no. No Fifty Shades. I do remember the one comedy bit that Gilbert Gottfried, may he rest in peace, did where he read sections of Fifty Shades. That's probably the best audio version of the book ever. It probably is. I mean, but yours came in a close second before we had to stop you because you were running for office at the time. But yeah, yeah no, congratulations. So... That's awesome for you. Yes, it is. Um, there's lots of feelings with it. It's been quite the week up and down with this whole job hunting thing and weird stuff happening. But um, yeah, I'm really excited to start there. And uh, I talked to the director of the library today who did inform me that she is a Buckeye fan. So it's already started. <laughs> Well, whenever you need us to posse up and come down there and to straight the Buckeyes out, since Aiden Hutchinson was drafted number two tonight and will be staying in the state, I'm quite sure we can get him to come along with us. We got your back. Yeah, I actually am going to need to go to a Lions game now because I want to see him play in the NFL, so that would be fine. Which is good because they do have good beer at Ford Field, which is necessary considering the product that's on the field. So. Well, there's that. There is that. I mean, it just it just got better tonight. So it did, it did. So, but yeah. So when you get down there to Cleveland Heights to work at uh, um, library, library, <laughs> um, make sure you spread the word about the podcast. We're gonna have you know I can see that percentage from Ohio popping up some more, and uh, it'll be great to have more people listening to the podcast. And in the meantime, friends, remember, especially over the next few weeks, as the weather gets warmer, which may bring out more of the crazy in people, if you see something or read something that makes you go, what the F and what, drop us a line. 
so we can mention you as a special correspondent. And make sure you subscribe to the show so you've kept up to date when new episodes come out. Click on that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. Follow the show on social media, too, on Facebook at facebook.com slash WTEW, our blog at whattheffinwhat.wordpress.com, and on Twitter at TheEffin. You can also follow me on social media by finding me at facebook.com slash DQWorthams, on Twitter at DQWorthams, and my blog at DaveWorthams.com. Wait, are we keeping the Twitter account now that Elon owns it? Might as well. It's free. <laughs> Fair. I just wanted to check. I didn't even know. I, I forgot we had Twitter. Um, <laughs> and you can follow me at facebook.com slash a clock on Instagram at fallingstar924 and at geekgirlreadsitall, which has been dormant for a while while I've been plugging through school. And on TikTok at FallingStar924. And don't forget to join me for my Trivia Live at One Well Brewing on Cal- in Kalamazoo on Sundays, where the first question flies at 6 p.m. Visit One Well's website to RSVP a table in advance because the place fills up quickly every time we play. So from the home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and the remote office from Okemos, Michigan, remember... Go Blue! Go Broncos! We'll see you later. music was celebrate by common because i got a new job the sound clip of i'm on a boat is from the lonely island who i have seen in concert today's outro music was sympathy for the devil by the rolling stones because we think speaker wentworth is an okay guy well, good for you girl